Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Sitting down with today with you to go over another case study. This will be case study number three. Um, today we are going to discuss wholesale deals that went bad and where it potentially cost us money. Um, I feel like this is important for us to go over because, you know, so far we've kind of gone over victories, but, you know, it's a reality of our business that not every deal is going to go exactly the way you want it to and that there is a potential risk at losing money on these deals, um, even in wholesaling. So the first one that I'm going to go over is a deal that happened way back in 2015. Um, and the reason why is because I kind of want to go over how we turned a negative situation into a positive. Um, in case study number two, I talked about you know our first Hawaii flip and how the wholesaler got that property from hubzoo.com. And then how on our second flip, we got our, that property from Hubzoo. Um, I think Hubzoo is a, a great opportunity for you to find you know potentially uh, wholesale deals, flips, rentals, whatever it is for next to zero dollars for marketing to acquire those properties. And, uh, you know, back in 2015, when we were really just getting started, we didn't have a, a very large marketing budget. So we had to be pretty scrappy on how we found deals. And Hubzoo was one of those. And uh, we found a property in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, the numbers were, you know, right at 70% of the ARV minus repairs um, and also minus our wholesale fee. And, uh you know, everything checked out, it, it, you know, the, the rehab seemed accurate. Uh, we went, walked the property, we won the auction. So we, we got the property, um, under contract. And what ended up happening was, is we took the information that was provided to us from Hubzoo, the seller, and also tax records as facts. And, we didn't verify all of those facts. And the main one was the square footage of the property. Um, county tax records had the property at 4,000 square feet. And in reality, the property was only 3,000 square feet. And just for the lack of experience or going through this particular situation, I never once thought like, hey, they have the square footage wrong. And so we went out, we walked the property, we verified the rehab. We thought everything checked out and we marketed the property. We got it under contract. We sold it to a gentleman who lives in California and he deposited his non-refundable earnest money. So he put up 5,000. I think on this one, um, we had to put up $3,000 earnest money and he put up 5,000 non-refundable. And when his hard money lender went out to do the appraisal on the property, they came back and said, hey, there's a problem. Uh, this property is only 3,000 square feet, not 4,000 square feet. Now, in hindsight, looking back, we were very lucky about this situation and the fact that 
uh, you know, our buyer didn't end up with a property that was missing a thousand square feet. That would have been horrendous for us as a wholesaler and maintaining that relationship. And then also for our buyer, I mean, that would have been crippling for him. Um, once the appraiser called him and told him that there were square footage missing, you know, he called me, it was seven o'clock on a, on a summer night. And, um, I'll never forget. I was actually at Walmart and, and I was super pumped because at the time, you know, we, we didn't have a whole lot of deal flow and we were making a $20,000 wholesale fee on this property. So I felt like king of the world at the moment. And, you know, we were going to close in about a week or so. And so that was going to be a huge victory for us. And he called me and he said, Hey, we're missing a thousand square feet. And I just could not believe it. You know, I was like, that cannot be the case. There's no way I will go out there. I'll hand measure it. And so I went out there, I measured it. And sure enough, we were missing a thousand square feet at this point in time. What really salvaged the relationship is I called our buyer and I said, I am so sorry. I'm going to immediately release your earnest money back to you. And this buyer being a pretty seasoned buyer um, was like, aren't you slightly concerned about the fact that the seller will release the earnest money to you? And I said, look, that's our fault. We should have performed better due diligence. I'm giving you your money back. I want to do more deals with you. We'll get you, you know, we'll, we'll make it up on another deal. Um, that, is the right square footage. And, uh, you know, we had to do quite a bit of arguing with the sellers and with Hubzu, uh, but Hubzu did make it correct and they did release our earnest money back to us. And uh, from that relationship, it, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this in, in other episodes of the Titanium Vault, but um, we wholesaled quite a bit of properties to that gentleman. Uh, we ended up co wholesaling quite a few properties together. Uh, now we own, you know, I can't even tell you the exact number. It's probably close to a hundred properties together. Um, and, and it all started from us doing the right thing in a difficult situation immediately without even, you know, contemplating another way, just taking care of him, making sure he was made whole. So that's example number one of a wholesale deal going bad and taking care of your buyer. Now let's talk about case study number two in this episode of where we actually did lose earnest money. So this was a deal that is in Fort Worth, Texas, and this is a couple years later. So we were a little bit more experienced, and this property set on a street called Golf Club Circle. And the reason why is because it was on a golf course, Okay. And so this is a, you know, the backyard was very minimal and it was right on the middle of a fairway of a golf course in Fort Worth, Texas. And same thing, we, uh, we put in an offer, uh, we got it accepted. I think we started off with pretty high earnest money for it. I mean, I can't remember the exact reason why. I think it's because something had previously happened to the seller's um, and they were a little bit skittish and there was a realtor involved and the, you know, the realtor wanted to make sure that we were legit. And so they asked for a pretty su substantial amount of earnest money up front, which we didn't care because we knew we were getting a good deal. Um, we wholesaled the property. We, we, uh, 
you know, we assigned our, our vested interests, our equitable interests in the, the contract to a buyer from Canada. Um, this is going to be our first deal together. And so he put up $5,000 non-refundable earnest money. And then he was also using a hard money lender. And everything was trucking down the right path. And then the hard money lender needed more time to close, which can be a problem in the aspect of going back and asking for an extension with someone that had previously had issues closing, was a little bit skittish to begin with. And so they asked for additional earnest money to extend, which we did. And we asked our buyer to put up additional earnest money as well, which he did. So now the substantial amount increased even more. And then the day that we were supposed to close, the hard money lender said, I need a couple more days. So now it's getting a little bit awkward. Like, what what is really going on here? And it, and it was all, you know, legitimate excuses. You know, there was things like documentation. You know, we're getting the docs ready. We're waiting on the attorneys. All of these things. And so... From my standpoint, I understood it, but remember, not all sellers are going to understand exactly how a real estate transaction is going down, and they wanted additional earnest money, and this is where it gets, it's a hard pill to swallow, even for me to talk about it today, but we ended up at this point in time putting additional earnest money down that equaled $21,000 in earnest money deposited on this deal. And I'll never forget, I'm at the title company, and we were doing a double close on this. So actually, I take that back. We did not assign our equitable interest. We were doing a double close on this one. And I'm at the title company, and I was signing the closing documents. And the hard money lender decided that he wanted to go walk the property himself one more time before sending the wire. And again, going back to like the first scenario where I'm glad that they caught it. I mean, as much as it stung that day when we lost the $20,000 wholesale fee, I'm glad that the hard money lender did this because when he showed up at the house, he walked on the back porch and he realized the fairway is not mowed. It is significantly overgrown. And if you've ever played golf or been on a golf course that just doesn't happen like golf courses just don't let their grass be become overgrown because you can't appropriately play the sport and come to find out the golf course had shut down and was being sold to become like a nature reserve or something i mean it was like something off the wall i mean it was no longer going to be a golf course and our buyer called and said, you know, how dare you try to sell me a house on a golf course and market it as a property on a golf course when the golf course is shut down? We had no idea that was the case. We went back and we looked at the seller's disclosure and there was nothing in there about the golf course being shut down. But come to find out, the sellers didn't do anything wrong. They didn't tell us the golf course was shutting down, but technically that's they didn't. They didn't have to tell us that. And we ended up in a very awkward situation where our buyer had a significant amount of earnest money down. I think he was he was a little bit less than us 
um, which is also very rare for that to happen. I think he had like fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars earnest money down. We had twenty one thousand dollars earnest money down. And what do you do? I mean, buyer no longer wants to buy this property because he doesn't know what the golf course being shut down is going to do to the property value. I've got twenty one thousand dollars. There's a realtor involved. The re- realtor was pretty aggressive. I guess is the best way to put it. And basically pointing the finger at us saying, look, that's not our fault. That's on you. And you've already extended multiple times. What are you going to do? And it was quite possibly one of the most difficult decisions that I've ever had to make. But I felt like the only thing that was fair was to tell our buyer, release your earnest money back to him. You no longer want to buy his property. I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to buy it either. So we released his earnest money to him. And we went to the sellers and said, look, the only way we can purchase this property is with a significant price reduction because we don't know what the golf course closing is going to do to the property values, so we need to be secure in our purchase price. They were not willing to lower the price down to where we needed, and so I had to sign a release of earnest money and release $21,000 earnest money to the sellers, and we lost $21,000 right then and there on a wholesale deal. Now, I will say that opened up my eyes to being a little bit more intelligent about the amount of earnest money. See, at the time, you know, business was good. We had never run into a situation like this before. And I didn't really view it as like a risk. It was just like, hey, this is what we need to do to get the deal, to make our money. This is what we need to do. And then it got a little bit out of hand with the extensions, but we thought we had a significant wholesale fee coming to us on the back end. So it was like, look, if we have to put up $10,000 today to go make whatever we were going to make on this deal. I don't remember the specifics. I think it was somewhere between twenty five and 30000 It was worth it. You know, 10000 for a week, and then, you know, you get your money back plus, you know, your twenty five thirty thousand dollars profit. It was worth it. And uh, looking back, and, you know, I would make different decisions today. Uh, probably negotiate a little bit harder, leverage the fact that we are a cash buyer and we were so close, not be fearful that they will, you know, terminate and not give us the extension. Um, But yeah, I mean, we we lost $21,000 on that deal. And so I just wanted to share those two case studies with you guys. Um, First and foremost, to kind of make you realize that not every deal can go down exactly how you anticipate. Always as a wholesaler, take due diligence on your part just as serious as if you were the cash buyer which sometimes can get a little bit hard right i mean you know you're not taking the liability of the property but you need to approach it that way to be an elite wholesaler you need to take the responsibility of due diligence just like you're buying it and also to protect yourself i mean had we done a better job of the due diligence we would have found those things out in our inspection periods Luckily, on the Hubzoo deal, we did get our money back. On the golf club deal, we lost $21,000. And that was nobody's fault but our own. So I wanted to share those two case studies with you guys. I hope you learned something from those mistakes. I know we definitely did. Um, Hope you're enjoying the case studies. I'd love to see some reviews and, and some feedback on them. And if there's anything else that you guys specifically want us to touch on, shoot us a message either on our Facebook group, uh, The Vault, or on our Facebook page, uh, the Titanium Vault, hosted by R.J. Bates. 
Uh, that's today's episode, guys. Uh, we're going to keep coming out with these case studies. We'll have a couple more for you here in the next couple of days, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.